A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I am so glad you're with us on the program today. Got a lot of stuff going on. You know, Hunter Biden is in court, expected to plead not guilty to federal drug charges. Michelle Lujan Grisham going back to court, trying to defend her now revised ban on open and concealed carry in Albuquerque and Bernalillo County after a uh, federal judge said, no, you cannot completely ban the uh, right to carry in those places. She's now, now come back with a revised order suspending the right to carry in parks and playgrounds in the uh, city and county. Meanwhile, in Massachusetts, they're waiting for the other shoe to drop with the HD 4420, uh, the uh, Lawful Citizens Imprisonment Act, as the gun owners action league calls it. We're going to be talking with Jim Wallace of Goal in just one moment. But before we do, Biden's America, it is crushing us. You've got companies laying off tens of thousands of workers, one after the other. Americans working two jobs just to get by. Inflation pushing hardworking families to the brink. Just look at the price of lunch bee next time you go to the grocery store. And a digital dollar could be coming down the pipeline to completely destroy our way of life. The truth is you need a plan. You know it, and I know it. And that is why you should call Gold Co. So you can diversify your savings and investments with gold and silver before things get worse. They're a six-time Inc. 5000 winner, 2022 Company of the Year, with thousands of five-star reviews. And they feel people like you and me plays over $1 billion in gold and silver. They're offering up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last. And if you call them today, qualified callers will get a free Ronald Reagan half-ounce silver coin. So don't wait. Call Gold Co. at 855-412-3806 today. That's 855-412-3806. And now let's uh, kick off our conversation with Jim Wallace of the Gun Owners Action League. You know, big rally at Boston uh, Common last week, bringing Bruin to Boston. We talked with Charlie Cook from Riding Shotgun with Charlie about the rally itself. But we're going to focus with Jim. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the rally, but I also want to talk about what the heck is going on behind closed doors of the state capitol, where the House is uh, supposedly retooling HD 4420, and the Senate is working on a gun control measure all on its own, neither of which likely to be good for uh, gun owners when we actually see the finished results. Again, let's get an update from Jim Wallace. Take a look and a listen. Jim, thanks so much for coming to the program, sir. Um, I- I'm sorry we didn't get a chance to connect last week, but we did have Charlie Cook from Riding Shotgun with Charlie on the show, and it sounds like the Bring Bruin to Boston rally was a, a big success. Yeah, but, you know, Riding Shotgun with Charlie in a windowless van, that's what we tease him about now, <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, you know, it's like, hey. You know. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, for a weekday, we had a, a pretty good showing. We figured 300, 350 people. Uh, and then they all went up to the state house. But, you know, suddenly, Cam, of the three entrances to the state house, that morning, two of the x-ray machines broke down. So they only had one entrance available for all the people that were trying to get into the state house. It's, yeah, it's weird how that stuff happened. Yeah. Right? Odd. What a weird coincidence. Well, yeah. I'm glad to yeah. know that those gun owners were not dissuaded. Uh, they were still wandering the halls and talking yeah. with their representatives. The The big question, Jim, is are these representatives listening to gun owners any more than they were listening or not uh, when they were crafting HD 4420 in its original form? Well, I, I, you know, I think they're listening because of the overwhelming response to this thing. The problem is, from what we've witnessed, the average state rep, is being kept in the dark as to what's being done with the bill. You know, we we're being told that the speaker and chairman day are rewriting this thing, but the rest of them have no idea 
you know, what's being considered or how it's being done or, you know, what might be in the bill or what might be taken out of the bill. So they're all in the dark. And when they talk to their constituents, it's very hard for them to say, yeah, we know about your concerns. And, you know, the speaker has delayed action on the bill. But, you know, where it goes from there, who knows? Yeah. So so if these if these Democratic representatives are being kept in the dark, yeah. um, obviously they're a day and uh, who's the uh, Mariano, right? That's the uh, speaker yeah. there. Yeah. So obviously they're playing this very close to the vest. I, I'm I'm a, I'm guessing they're working with gun control groups, but uh, I'm also guessing that they have not reached out to you for goals input in any revisions or amendments. No matter of fact, uh, rumor mill is they're telling everybody, don't worry about gold. Because all they say is no, no, no. They won't come to the table, so they're not they're useless to talk to. We were at the table for months before you jammed it up or you know what. <laughs> so, you know, talk about somebody who won't come to the table, but I'm not gonna start playing that game. Yeah. Everybody in that building knows our reputation and knows that if they want to sit down and talk, we'll be more than willing to do that. Uh, we already had one meeting with the Senate, uh, the senator who's in charge of their working group, um, uh, not a very productive meeting, but I've always been very cordial with this senator. So even though she's totally not, you know, a friend of the Second Amendment, but I, I get along whether it's, you know, it's my job. But uh, one thing that concerned me was, well, two things, really. I said, can you just give us a concise, finite list of issues you're trying to address? Uh, and then maybe we can help you address them. And she said, well, we, we don't have a list. Okay, what are we doing? <laughs> so then uh, after a while, I, I asked her, said, listen, I said, we have legislation. Why can't we use that legislation or something like it that punishes the bad people and leaves us good people alone? And I was a little horrified because I've known this senator for almost 20 years. And she said, well, I don't know if we can craft legislation that separates those two things. <laughs> so, okay. I don't I, think the Senate bill is going to be much better. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I disagree. I think it's quite possible to, uh, yeah. to, to separate the, you know, yeah. violent criminals from the lawful gun owners. Um, that, that to me seems like the Venn diagram barely even crosses, right? Uh, no. Very few lawful no. gun owners become violent criminals. No. So fact, it, it, on that, I, I talked to a, a, a guy, I know he used to be a state rep. He now sits on the parole board. And he said, Jim, I've done so far 1500 parole board, you know, reviews. And he said, only one, lawfully owned gun was involved in one of those but it wasn't involved in the crime it was just confiscated from his house so and it was a domestic violence thing which is horrible but he says they're not willing to pay attention to what's going on so yeah or maybe they are willing to pay attention but they're using these crimes as an excuse to, again, crack down on gun owners, right? We, we saw this in Maryland, uh, Marylanders to prevent gun violence. Uh, you know, they had their Bruin response bill take effect over the weekend, and a judge granted a temporary restraining order against some of these new sensitive places, not all of them. Um, but in their response, this gun control group said 
you know, uh, while, while, while this bill's, you know, a good first step, we know we can't really meaningfully address uh, gun violence until we reduce the number of guns out there, right? Uh, we just got yeah. through another month of a million plus firearms. Um, yeah. and, and the gun control groups are, are admitting now, listen, we can't get our way. We can't promise you public safety as long as people are are free to exercise their right to keep and bear arms. And so ultimately, I think it does come down to I, either they're using this as an excuse or they truly do believe that there's no way to fundamentally address violent crime without eradicating our yeah. fundamental right to self-defense and to keep and bear arms. Yeah, Bruin forced them to show their true hand. I mean, we have always known it, but now they've now they've shown their hand. They we know what they want. They've shown the public what they want. They want us out of the way. Period. And you know, a lot of that too is the fact that you know the Second Amendment community, regardless of what organization you belong to, is really the last citizen group of or community of people that can politically stand up to washington or even state government and they know that and they want us out of the way so yeah it's uh it's very interesting to see how much you know on how far they're willing to go to get what they want and of course we're seeing that here in mass in california maryland you know we call them the we call them the tantrum states so that's pretty much what they are the uh, I'm I'm flashing back to our old coalition of the oppressed days with uh, <laughs> you and yeah. and Tom King and uh, yeah. you know Richard Pearson from Illinois. Um, yeah. So here we are now. You know, Democrats wanted to get this done in August, actually in in uh, July before they you know broke for yeah. the August recess. Yep. We're now in October. I'm looking out my window. I can see the leaves are starting to turn. Um, we're you know we're 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 coming up to the end of the year here before long. Yeah. When do you expect one or both of these bills to drop? The rumor mill is the speaker wants it done before Thanksgiving. Oh. Yeah, uh, before they break for the holidays. Uh, the rumor is that he wants this done before he steps down after the first of the year, whether that's going to happen or not, who knows. But it's widely known he wants to um, and, and move on. And, of course, my suggestion is, step down now have at it you know go enjoy life somewhere else uh we'll take it from here mr speaker you know so um but that's he wants this as part of his legacy which is amazing but he's gonna have it stapled right to his forehead for the rest of his life that he filed the most egregious anti-civil rights bill we've seen in modern history period and, you know, you talk to people who aren't gun owners and you tell them that they're like, well, what do you mean? Who was harmed by this? And it's because the Second Amendment to the general public is still brand new as being considered a civil right. Because for how long, Cam, you know, they've been told, no, no, it's a privilege. It's not yeah. a right. You have to ask our permission to do this. And But, you know, so we have Heller, we have McDonald, we have Bruin. You know, three different courts and three different court members have said, no, this is a civil right. And and even Catano, if you want to include that, you know, I was going to bring that up. Yeah. You know, um, where I had to laugh because even Ruth Bader Ginsburg was on our side on that one. So, you know, <laughs> you're on, you know, it's like when Ruth tells you, no, it's a civil right. You know, we may not like it, but it's a civil right. So. It's it's brand new to people. And, uh, you know, I, I mentioned to you before the show, we have a booth at the uh, at the local fair now that lasts for about 10 days. 
And I was there yesterday and a woman came by and saw her booth and her reaction was, you know, a little priceless. But she says, oh, no, I believe and we need gun control. So I, I said, well, let me talk to you for a minute. You know, what, what are you what are you talking about? And she said, well, you know, we need to get these da da da. And I said, do you know, there's there's a good number of criminal law on the books in mass that I personally wrote. She's like, really? And I said, yeah, I don't want the bad guys to have gun. Matter of fact, if they do, I want them put away for a long time. And I started citing all the laws that I actually wrote and passed in the law. And I said, now, here's the problem. They don't use them. So he, here they are trying to pass more law that they won't use, that we have to follow. But if the criminals break, they're not going to they're not going to enforce them. And she was like, well, that's not right. See, we have common ground. Yeah. Not right. Right. You know, and in a state like Massachusetts, that's so important. I mean, I saw this poll that's been floating around showing, you know, like two thirds of Massachusetts residents say people should be able to carry guns anywhere and things of that nature. You, you are fighting not just, uh, you know, the, the the legislature, but but you are fighting to educate yep. Massachusetts residents, as you say, of this right that they possess, even if they're not exercising it. And even if you're not a, even if you, even if guns are icky, even if you like the idea of gun control in theory, again, what's the bigger concern? Your your neighbor who's owned a gun for thirty years who's never caused a problem, or the gang member in Dorchester who shoots somebody, gets out on no bond, right? Just cash, you know, no no cash bail, just well, catch no and cash release, bail and mass, yeah. right? And and is a rearrested for another violent offense before he even gets his day in court the first time around. You know, yeah. that I mean, those those, you know, trying to address the second guy by going after the first guy doesn't make a lick of sense. And you don't have to be a Second Amendment stalwart to at least recognize, OK, there's something wrong here with the current system. Yeah, you know, I and we've I think we've talked about it on the show many times, but I said after Bruin. The, you know, now the fight really begins. And, you know, how many people said, ah, it's over, we win. Now, not even close. Because if you look at all the civil rights fights throughout U.S. history, the the court decision was just the first step. Mm -hmm. Maybe even the hardest step is now social acceptance. And you talk to all those communities that fought for whatever rights they fought for over the last 200 years. That's usually the hardest fight. And it's evident by the reaction of California, Mass, Maryland, you know, all these tantrum states that, you know, no, 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 we don't care. And, you know, Governor Wallace of Alabama all over again. Right. It's so it's the social acceptance that that now we're into and it's not going to happen overnight. This is going to take a while. This is a social change, not a legal change. Yeah. And social changes don't happen fast. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um Listen, one last question about uh, the, the legislation that's being worked on here before we let you go. Um, you know, it wasn't just gun owners who um, vociferously objected to, to 4420. We saw a number of police chiefs individually, the Massachusetts uh, Chiefs Association came out and just point by point, uh, you know, actually, they didn't even do point by point. They said it would take too long. Yeah. Here's like, you know, the 17 biggest problems that we've got with the bill. Yeah. I think when I was talking with Charlie Cook last week, he said that uh, one of the concerns is that this bill will be rewritten in a way to appease the police, uh, but still go after, you know, the lawful gun owners. How concerned are you about Democrats taking that approach? And do you think 
because it's not just about, well, we can't carry as police officers off duty. Right. There were there were a lot of issues, administrative issues that are going to come into play here. Oh, yeah. Can yeah, this yeah. bill, you know, where do you think the 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 law enforcement uh, groups are right now on uh, any sort of, you know, major omnibus uh, a gun control bill? Well, if it, it depends upon where you are politically, you know, some of the inner cities, you know, they they back whatever they have to because, you know, the mayor's told them to. But then again, you look at the mayor of Springfield. And there, I think they have a commissioner there, police commissioner. It wasn't about police can't carry. It was about, you didn't listen to a darn thing we said when you came out here. We told you what we needed. You didn't include any of it. And here we are once again, because Springfield is a war zone. It, it's almost, it's probably worse than Dorchester and some other places. It's just a flat out war zone. So they're begging for help and they didn't get any, nothing. The, the other piece of it, too, is the fact that on the administrative side, which you said, the state can't do this. They have no infrastructure to do this kind of project. And there's no funding in the bill. And there's not even a timeline for the state to get its acting gear. So the administrators are, are just saying, no, we can't do it. You may be able to pass it, but unless you give us some serious money, and some serious staff, we can't do this. You know, other law enforcement, especially, you know, rural or whatever, uh, are saying, no, we're, we're not enforcing this garbage. Okay. I, I, get, I get work to do, you know, in yeah. this ain't. So um, there's kind of a hodgepodge of things going out there. And I think that's some of what the speaker is trying to wade through now, because he's trying to figure out where his allies are. And, and what he could get away with, because now he's got to save face because he made all these promises to Gabby Giffords and everybody else. And if he is seen by them as taking too many steps back, then then he's going to catch hell from them, which is fine with me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, there's I you know, there's a myriad of angles to look at this thing. And I always tell people, you know been in this business too long to predict what can happen either in a court or in a legislature because yeah. a single incident somewhere could change the whole dynamic of it. Right. Well, if Mariana wants to get this done by Thanksgiving, um, I mean, it sounds like at least the house bill could drop almost at any time. Right. I mean, even if they try to ram this through, you're still talking about a matter of a couple of weeks. And, and I would think, again, I'm not in the habit of giving advice to uh, people who want to strip me of my rights, but we saw what happened the last time they tried to ram this through, right? I mean, it just, it, yeah. it, it, it pissed people off even more. Yep. You do this over the course of, you know, regular business. I think it'd be better politically for the anti-gunners. I'm not sure they're smart enough to do that, but uh, um, it, it sounds like we should know maybe within a couple of weeks here, what uh, 4420 is going to look like in this revised form, right? Well, you know, I mean, that's, that's the timeline. So, you know, we'll see what happens is, um, you know, on, on another little note, Cam, I think it's, I think it's hilarious that, you know, the, the yard signs that we have out, cause it's the first time we've ever done a lawn sign against a bill. We have 20,000 lawn signs out there right now. And we, uh, about two weeks ago, we started getting reports that they're being stolen and modified to read now read support HD 4420. So, uh, I think it's hilarious that that whatever you want to call them, the moms or the Giffords people or whatever, are so upset 
because they cannot stand the fact that there's any opposition that they have to, uh, you know, vandalize and, and steal signs. But what we're telling our members is, I know it sounds silly, but file a police report because believe it or not, in Massachusetts, tampering with a political sign is three years in prison. Wouldn't it be funny to have a lineup of moms because they violated and they're now felons because they violated state law. And, and under state law, even if you, you don't do jail time because you were convicted of the crime, you are still a felon. So it would be interesting to see all these people that, you know, push for control of some sort, all of a sudden become felons. And then we get to argue that they should not lose their right to keep and bear arms because it's a nonviolent felony. They haven't exhibited danger. So we'll come to their defense, right? But yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, but they shouldn't be allowed a, to drive. Exactly. Oh, what a <laughs> tangled web we weave. Yes. Jim Wallace of the Gun Owners Action League, thanks so much for coming to the program, man. I know we're going to be talking again um, in the very near future because there's a lot of stuff going on up there in the Second Amendment battleground state of Massachusetts. But uh, do appreciate your time. Uh, is the fair over? Are you going to have the opportunity to go out and eat a little fair food again? or? Is it done? Well, the fair lasts until Columbus Day. So oh. I'll be back there tomorrow at the gold booth and educating people and kids. And, uh, you know, it, it's what we do is uh, because of storage laws in mass, we actually have a Hawk and Flint lockout and talk about the history of it with Lewis and Clark and how the gun works and, you know, the whole deal. So it's uh, it's people are very interested in that kind of stuff. That's awesome. Well, enjoy the fair. Eat some, uh, I was going to say eat some fried butter or something for me, but uh, neither neither (laughs) one of us need that. So find the healthiest option and have that for me instead. Uh, Jim Wallace, as always, man, thank you so much. We'll talk again soon. All right, brother. Thank you very much to Jim for joining us on the program. We will be talking with him again in the very near future. I am sure of that. Before we get to today's Armed citizen story, our good deed of the day and our recidivist report, just another reminder, Biden's America, it is crushing us. Companies laying off tens of thousands of workers one after the other, Americans working two jobs just to get by, inflation pushing hardworking families to the brink. Again, just look at the receipt next time you go to the grocery store, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And a digital dollar could be coming down the pipeline to completely destroy our way of life. Truth is, you need a plan. You know it, and I know it. And that is why you should call Gold Co. So you can diversify your savings and investments with gold and silver before things get worse. They're a six-time Inc. 5000 winner, 2022 Company of the Year, thousands of five-star reviews. And they've helped people like you and me place over $1 billion in gold and silver. They're offering up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last. And if you call them today, Qualified callers will get a free Ronald Reagan half-ounce silver coin. So don't wait. Call Gold Co. at 855-412-3806 today. That's 855-412-3806. And now let's turn our attention to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day, as well as our recidivist report. Um, You know, we hear so much about uh, in these cities with violent crime, um... Gosh, we got to go after the gun owners, right? Cleveland, Ohio, a perfect example of this. Going back for more than a decade, the city of Cleveland has tried to put in place local gun control ordinances that are not aimed at violent criminals. They're aimed at lawful gun owners. They've been smacked down by the courts, but uh, there is still an underway, an effort underway to undo firearms preemption uh, in the state of Ohio. And uh, city of Cleveland all on board with that. As a matter of fact, city of Cleveland, I think maybe it was Cuyahoga County, um, recently decided that, you know what, we're not going to spend any taxpayer dollars to help train fire instructors. They've been doing that. They've been giving out like a $10,000 grant for the past few years. They're not going to do that anymore because apparently it's better to keep gun owners untrained and uh, ignorant rather than, you know, helping them 
get the training that they, well, that the anti-gunners want to require before we can exercise a right, uh, a Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. Anyway, that's the background. Here's the headline in Cleveland. Shooting in uh, suspect in shooting death of three-year-old boy was on probation. Fourth suspect found, police say. And it wasn't just one suspect in the murder of this three-year-old child who has had previous run-ins with the law. Cleveland police, in partnership with the U.S. Marshal Service, located Devontae Parker Monday night. Parker's actually wanted in two separate murder cases, the shooting of this three-year-old child, as well as an earlier homicide in Cleveland. Court records show that a a man, woman, a 16-year-old boy, uh, who are also all charged with murder, appeared before judges on Monday morning. 34-year-old Juan Davis was on court-ordered GPS monitoring in a domestic violence case from back in August. Now, he's one of those facing murder charges. The uh, three-year-old's family was in court, wanting to make sure that Davis stayed behind bars. Uh, The uh, three-year-old, Luis Diaz, was shot and killed. According to uh, sources, uh, gunshots came from across the street, about 30 feet from the driveway, where Diaz was inside a car with his mother and 11-year-old brother. A 31-year-old man sitting outside of the car was wounded. Prosecutor told the judge that this started as an argument involving a, a woman, 30-year-old Catherine Treadway, and the victim's neighbor. Uh, the uh, judge or the uh, prosecutor said this defendant allegedly got the co-defendant to come to the premises. Um, Treadway has a 2017 misdemeanor obstruction case out of West Virginia as well as a traffic case in uh, Cleveland. So no serious criminal history there, unlike Parker, who again is a fugitive who was uh, Saw not only in connection with Diaz's death, but a uh, homicide in Cleveland back in May. A 16-year-old charged with murder, also charged with bringing a loaded gun in a car to the Diaz home, was apparently on probation after being found delinquent of misdemeanor assault uh, this summer. No word if that was a plea bargain. These were more serious charges that were, you know, pled down to the misdemeanor assault charge. This was actually filed as a misdemeanor. But again, almost every... Buddy involved, according to prosecutors, in the death of this three-year-old child has had previous run-ins with the law, some more serious than others, but uh, none of them untouched. And sadly, sounds like very little consequences for those even with serious records. Today's Armed Citizen story from Philadelphia, PA, where a uh, grandfather recounting how he survived a shootout with a teen carjacker. And part of why he survived is because he was able to shoot back. Oliver Neal said, I thought I got shot. That's how close the bullet came to my head. He uh, survived an attempted carjacking and gun battle in uh, the West Mount Airy neighborhood. He shot and wounded a 16-year-old suspect in that case. Uh, Shot him in both legs. The teen hospitalized. Neal is a concealed carry holder. He will not face charges because he was acting in self-defense. Philadelphia Inquirer surprisingly actually took the time to talk to this armed citizen. That is so rare to have a follow-up to a defensive gun use like this. So I will credit the Philadelphia Inquirer and Minsa Dean, the reporter, for actually taking the time to talk to Oliver Neal. And I'll credit Oliver Neal for sharing his story with, you know, what very easily could have been a very unsympathetic uh, media entity. Neil says, other than ringing in his ear and a mark under his left eye, uh, he was uninjured. He says, uh, even though he and the robber exchanged more than a dozen shots at close range, he says, it felt like somebody took a hammer and smacked me across my temple. That's how close it was. Um, according to the Inquirer, 
The carjacking attempt uh, against Neal took place just hours after Police Commissioner Daniel Outlaw held a news conference to talk about the police response to a surge in carjackings. 757 people carjacked in Philadelphia in 2021 compared to 404 in 2020, and the numbers don't seem to be getting any better this year. Uh, In the carjackings in 2021, police arrested 150 suspects in just 93 incidents. Again, out of more than 700, Outlaw said, while we can expect more arrests and case clearances in the future, we recognize that these statistics are not anywhere close to where we need them to be, and work is underway to minimize these occurrences. That's great and all, and I hope that those efforts are successful. Again, unless the criminals believe that they will suffer consequences for their actions, we're going to see more of this. One of those consequences, of course, should be within the criminal justice system. But as uh, Neil reminded would-be carjackers across Philadelphia, one of the other consequences of committing this crime is that you could get shot by your intended victim. Uh, Neil is a married father of three, grandfather of four, retired Postal Service employee. He says, "I'm I'm no hero. I'm just trying to protect myself so I can go home to my wife, and I have kids that I love dearly, and I have grandkids who are doing excellent in school at Temple in Milton Hershey. He had uh, left his home in northeast Philadelphia, drove over to Mount Airy about 7.30 last Thursday to visit his mother-in-law, double-parked in front of her house just to run in to get some items, and then he drove around the corner to park where there was actually space, and he said he saw two people there on the corner. He says, I was parking my car. The guys came down. They got beside the car. They looked at me. I made eye contact. I got out of my vehicle. I never took my eyes off of them. I grew up in Philadelphia, Southwest. You always learn to watch your back, he said. Next thing I knew, the guy walked quickly and right up in front of me. The gun was six inches from my nose. And he said, give me the keys. Don't play around. Give me the keys. Neil said that his hand was already on his gun when he noticed the robber appeared to be tightening his grip on his pistol. Neil said, I think he shot first. I don't know if he did or I did. I just know that we went back and forth. The uh, shooting suspect's accomplice ran off, is being sought. Neil said he can't understand how he wasn't shot, given how close the gunman was. He says, soon after the altercation was over, I was thanking Jesus for my life. He's the one who made the outcome the way it was. It wasn't me. It was the Lord. Because if someone has a gun this close to you at your head, and I'm not shot. Philadelphia Inquirer also talked with uh, some residents in the area. Jason Carter, who is a neighbor of Neil's mother-in-law, said crime is not common in the neighborhood. But he says people have a right to defend themselves. It's a shame. As for Neil, he says he's been carrying a firearm for years. Just recently persuaded his wife to carry one as well. He said, quote, it's that bad out here. And, you know, for years, Oliver Neal carried this firearm, never had to need it, right? Never had to use it. And I'm sure that there were folks that thought, Oliver, what are you doing? You're crazy. You're perfectly safe. You don't need to carry a firearm. And you know what? He didn't until he did. And because he was able to fight back, and maybe the Lord was looking out for him, Oliver Neal is alive today. I'm glad that he was caring. Glad that he convinced his wife to do the same. And I hope that his story will convince other Philadelphia residents to take that step and be able to protect their own lives and the lives of their loved ones in the future. Now, finally, today's good deed of the day, in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing. An officer in Pitcairn, Pennsylvania, out in uh, Western PA, who was uh, able to help a high school student Get ready for the uh, first dance of the school year. Detective uh, Caruso got the call uh, a couple of days ago. A mom needed some help. 
Uh, she had no idea how to tie a tie. Her son had no idea how to tie a tie. He's getting ready to go to the dance. Uh, Detective Caruso called in her partner, Officer Linebarger, who um, said, yeah, I, I can help. So Z, the uh, young man and his mom, showed up at the police department. Officer Linebarger uh, showed him how to tie the tie, make sure that it you know looked absolutely perfect. Pitcairn Police Department sharing the encounter on their uh, local media. You can see there a Z posing with the detective and the uh, uh, officer after the tie was tied. Um, nicely done to this uh, officer there, Officer Lineberger in Pitcairn, Pennsylvania. Willing and able to do the right thing to help a, a student in need and hopefully impart a, a valuable life lesson. I will say, I don't wear ties all that often. You might have noticed that here on this program, but uh, I still do remember on those rare occasions when I have to bust one out. I still do remember it's always a, it's a good life skill to have if you're a guy. And uh, hopefully this teenager now learned something new before he headed off to that high school dance. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. I want to thank you for being a part of the program as always. I'm looking forward to being back with you again tomorrow with more of the latest Second Amendment news and information from all across the nation. But, you know, you don't have to wait until then. Just go to BearingArms.com. We got you covered there as well. And if you like what you see, I'd encourage you to become a VIP or VIP Gold member. All you have to do, go to BearingArms.com slash subscribe, use the promo code GUNRIGHTS, and you can get a significant savings on your VIP membership. As our way of saying thanks for showing your support, we're going to give you exclusive content you won't find anywhere else, news stories and analysis that matter, because your support matters, and it truly does make a difference. So thank you again. Enjoy the rest of your 2A Tuesday. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Until then, be well, be safe, and be free. <laughs>